Look at somebody say, I'm glad you're here. You really need this. Okay? We're going to get rid of the static. All right? So we're going to change. Remember the Bible says that God's going to transform you by changing the way you think. He's going to cause you to think different because when you think different, you feel different. When you feel different, you make different choices. When you make different choices, you're going to perform different actions. When you perform different actions, you're going to create different habits. Those habits are going to connect you to a different character. That character is going to produce a different outcome, a different final result. God is doing everything he can to get you to the place he's called and created you to be. He keeps bringing you back, keeps repositioning you, keeps reconnecting with you so that he can get you to the right end with the right result. Amen. A lot of us are under the impression that when uh, the devil's finally defeated, we're going to have breakthrough. He was defeated a little over 2000 years ago. We're going to have great victory when we start living like the Bible tells us to live. Amen. So if you're here today and you don't own a Bible, hold your hand up. The ushers will bring you one. It's our gift to you. Want to make sure you get a copy of the word of God. Guys, get in the book. Study the word, know the word, apply the word, agree with the word. Amen? Let's stand together one more time. Get your Bible in your hand. Make a confession together. Let's say it like we mean it. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what this says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, 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 in Jesus' name. Give God one more big praise, amen? Amen. (laughs) We're glad you're here today. We're excited about what God's doing, amen? I said we're excited about what God's doing. Great things are, are, are taking place, and the reality is, Jim already said it, you know what? This place is the bomb. You people rock. Oh, come on. You people rock. Think about that. Uh, just, just in a couple of weeks, raised over two months worth of food. We're, we're changing lives and impacting people right here in our own community. Amen? You, you know what's, what, what's crazy, and it's just a thought, and, it's not, and I don't want you to think it's, it's uh, like, like we're in trouble. No, we're not. Just think about this for a minute, though. It's just the truth, right? The, the, think about this. We, we, just a short period of time, over two months worth of food, and many of you didn't even participate. Now, here's my thought. What's going to happen when we finally lock shields? Hmm? Like you never say, hmm? And, 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 and we actually, as a, as a body, begin to flow in agreement with each other and with the Word of God. Think what would happen if every one of us just latched on to what God was telling us to do and we went about doing that. You want to talk about messing hell up? Oh, hear me. You, you know, I, I mean, two months of food, boom, just like that. Think what would happen if all of us went out and we said, yeah, okay, this is what God says, let's do it. <laughs> See, that's, what, that's where we're going, church, come on. You know, it's, it's, not about, it's not about, you know, just bringing the food in. That, that, that's, part, that's, the, that's kind of the result. It, but, it's not, you know, it's, it's not about that. It, but it's, it's about hearing and obeying God. You know, it's, it's not about all of us, uh, you know, we're, we're not like uh, robots doing the same thing. No, it's about a, a, a agreement that, yeah, God knew what he was doing when he called us out of darkness into light, when he connected us to uh, each other, to the house, when he put us here with a vision and a plan and a purpose, that, and now we're in agreement with that. I'm talking about hammering hell. 
every day demonstrating Satan's defeat, humiliating the powers of hell in your life and in your home. See, benchmarks of success at the garden, and, and you, you just need to know this, benchmarks of success are not in the size of our sanctuary. Honestly, I promise you, I could care less. I don't care about the size of the sanctuary. It's not my, not my issue. My benchmark of success for me is when people are living every day the life of victory God's called them to live. I have a tendency to irritate some people. Only those who are laughing. And um, <laughs> my, my goal ain't to make you feel good. My goal is to get you to grow. I want you to grow. I, I want you to rise up and be so victorious that when you get out of bed in the morning, hell gets nervous. Come on. There's something inside of you that just gets a stupid grin on your face every time trouble shows up. Because you know greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That God is going to infuse me with an inner strength so I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who is pumping me up right about now. Amen. That every day that, that this journey is going to be crazy good because God's on my side. Amen. God's on my side. I don't mean he's on my team. That means he's on my side. When I step, so does he. And the reason I step is because he stepped. Right? I'm not talking about getting God to follow me. I'm talking about me following God so tight, so close. So, you know, if all there was to Christianity was church attendance, I'd go get drunk. And I promise you, if, if all there was was church attendance, been in church all my life, grew up, <laughs> Jim would be with me because I'd drag him along because I can't do that by myself. But uh, yeah, you know what's so sad is that uh, thousands and thousands of believers that I know that live just like they're lost. Well, not on my watch. If you're going to live like you're lost, you're going to get really irritated at me. Because I'm going to be up in your junk, man. We don't live like we're lost. If there ain't no difference between you and somebody who ain't never even met God, wrong life. Right? I said wrong life. Sometimes it's, i got to be real, you know, sometimes it's so frustrating because I don't know how to really communicate just how great God is. And how real and relevant the power of God is. Guys, i got to tell you something. We, we live our life under such blessing. Oh, man. Position to win and succeed in every situation. As we learn to just hear and do what he said. When you do what he said, he'll produce what he promised every single time. God comes through. God is real. Man, I, I, I want you guys to know, especially you young guys, to know that there's a little bit more to this than T-shirts and bumper stickers. There, 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 there's a little bit more reality and more power to this thing than coming in and hanging out and singing a few songs and taking an offering. I mean, that's just kind of weird all by itself. And if the enemy can get you to stop there and never grow past there, 
You just like some guy that's been out smoking reefer in the backyard having a barbecue. And you and him, he ain't got no difference. He just hangs out in the backyard with his buddy smoking reefer, and you come in here and sing choruses. That's the only di- if that's the only difference, you live in the wrong life. Man, I'm telling you, God is alive and well, and his plan is to position you to win no matter what's going on around you. Praise Jesus. I'm a little pumped right about now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm glad you're here because I won't mess you up. For good. Amen. For good. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Didn't Shelby do a great job last week? Give Pastor Shelby a big hand. Shelby pointed out some great, great things last week. And, and uh, just, you know, it's amazing, those scriptures in Matthew 7, where, you know, if anyone hears and does, he's like a wise man, builds his house on the rock. If anyone hears and don'ts, he's like a fool that built his house on the sand. You, you know, today as I talk to you about static, realize that static isn't the white noise that keeps you from hearing God. Static is the unwillingness to do what you heard God say. You hear God. Listen, we know what God said. I said we know what God said. We are educated in form. You know what God said. You know, when it, when it comes to giving or, or, or it, well, let's talk about giving for a minute. When it comes to giving, you know what God said. You know what God's word says. God's word says that the tithe belongs to God. He's the, it's the law of the first things, the first fruit. You know it's God's. You know, you can tell yourself that tithe means 3%, but you're just a fool. You know what tithe means. It's a word. It means a tenth, right? You know that God said, don't come into my presence empty-handed. You know that God's word says that it is better to give than it is to receive. You know that God's word says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. You know that the Bible says that when you give generously, you reap generously. You know what God says about giving. Now, when you don't do it, it's not because you're not informed or educated. It's just because... We're fools. Well, I, you know, I was going to say Shelby said it, but she didn't say it. Actually, Jesus said it. It's in red. It's, I said it's in red, right? That if you hear and don't do it. Okay, your kids know that they are to obey you. Your ch- you've told them what to do. You know they know what you said. You know it. They know it. When they don't do it, it's not because they're evil. It's because they're foolish. But don't shout me down just because I'm preaching good. You know, all they're lacking is the wisdom to apply the information they know. Remember, the information and the knowledge, that's the toolbox full of tools. Wisdom is the flashlight in the middle of the night that shines in there so you can get the right tool. You, you know you're not supposed to drink. You're not supposed to smoke dope. You're not supposed to run around to crazy people. You, you're not, you, know, you, you're not, you know what you're not supposed to do. But when, when, it, when, when you start doing what God's word says, it's because you're walking in wisdom now. Prior to that, you, you're just foolish. See, we're crazy to think that if we do what God said, that we won't. Uh, get what he promised is the the fact of the matter is God's going to produce for you exactly what he said there are some things you know there are some things you know people know 
You know, here's something that just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. People finally get the microphone. They finally get up on the platform, and then they start taking shots at me. Shelby last week. She's going to tell you in one week what's going to take me months to tell you. And then she, she looks at me, and she smiles with a pretty smile. I love you, honey. But pe- pe- people, you know I have the gift of retaliation. It's like my spiritual gift. I'm going to flow in my gift. You know I'm coming back up here. Last night as I started to talk about this, some gal on the front row, been around for the entire time the garden's been here, started, you know, chirping in. And so she knows I'm going to come over and say stuff to her from the pulpit right now in the middle of service. You know I'm going to flow in my gift. It's what I do. Watch the screen. Way up west, the story told about a bunch of cowboys, tiny and bold, riding tall, tall in the saddle, herding cows the size of schnauzers, but they're cattle. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going, what was that? You should be in church more often. And just to keep things spiced up, because Shelby looked at me the, just a minute ago, and she said, you're not, you don't have to play the video again. I said, I'll probably just add a little something to it. She goes, yeah, yeah. Jim, would you make the presentation, please? Go ahead. Special delivery, mini sirloin burgers. You're welcome, hon. All right, just flowing in my gift. Repetition. The more you hear it, the more it sinks in. You hear it one time, it ain't no good, right? You know this mentality, the thought pattern that says, well, I heard that before. Foolish. Man, I got to hear it again. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing. The word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. See, we need to learn to hear God. Not listen to God, but hear God. You, have you ever told your kids, and you don't have to actually you know, respond, amen, wave your white hanky. Have you ever told your kids to do something and you know they heard you? But then they act like they didn't hear you? Which in their mind relieves them of responsibility of doing what you said? You know, as a parent of three teenage boys, I've come to realize that when I say something, I didn't say it just so you could listen to something. I said it so you could jump up and go do something. You hear me, Steve? I couldn't tell you so busy talking back there if you could hear me or not. Here's the reality is that when they say, I didn't know what you said, you know they're lying. My youngest is great about this. He'll say, I I, I didn't hear you. Huh? How many of you have heard the word, huh? You say something and they go, huh? And then they act like they didn't hear you. And with TJ, what I'll do is I'll stop. Quite often I'll just stop and say, tell me what I said. Well, I didn't, no, no, be quiet. Tell me what I said. And then he'll tell me what I said. So he did hear me, right? But he acts like he didn't hear me and thinks that that relieves him of responsibility. Here's our deal. Where did they learn that? Where, where did they learn that? You know what I see? I see believers doing the same thing. We acting like we didn't hear what he said. And as long as we act like we didn't hear, we think we're going to be released from the responsibility of doing what he said. We look at the grace of God as if it's a 
ticket, uh, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like playing Monopoly and we got that free card, you know, that we can get out of jail free. Since the grace of God so great and God loves us, and he does. And he, he lo- you know, you saw the video. He loves you because 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 that's just who he is. But then we try to take advantage of that. And we try to say, well, I don't have to actually do what he said because he'll forgive me anyways. Well, the problem is, is that you're, you don't understand what you're missing out on. See, my fear is not that I'm going to mess up. My fear is that I'm going to miss out. That there is something in the plan of God for my life that requires my participation so that God can actually unfold his plan. Have you heard Jeremiah 29, 11? It says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to prosper you, to bless you, not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. God's plan is to bless you. I said, God's plan is to bless you. So to be blessed by God, all I got to do is walk in his plan. But his plan requires my participation. Well, the reason I'm not blessed is because the devil's big. The devil's defeated. Okay, he's real. He's powerful. He's God. He's all that. Luke 10, 19, I think it is. It says that God has given you authority over all the powers of the evil one and nothing shall by any means harm you. It, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. If Jesus was successful in fulfilling his purpose on the earth, then he destroyed the works of the evil one over your life. First John 4 says that if any man is in Christ, he's born of God. Whatsoever is born of God has already overcome the rulers of this world. You're already walking in victory. You already have everything you need. According to God's word, all things that pertain unto life and godliness, he's given it to you. See, final outcome's not determined by how big your demon is. Final outcome's determined by how strong your character is and what you've, what you've grown yourself into, uh, whether you are doing what God said or just listening to what he said. Check this out in, in uh, Jeremiah 13, 10, and 11. We'll put it on the screen. Look, this evil people which refuse to hear my words. Notice that God's word suggests that if you refuse to hear, it aligns you on the side of evil. The evil people, which refuse to hear my words, they walk in the imagination of their own heart. They got their own plan, their own way, their, their, their own thing. They walk after other gods. They serve other things. They, they worship other things. They're, to worship, you know, to worship other things does not mean that you come in and sing slow songs to it. It means that your attention is riveted to someone or something. That's what the word worship means, to rivet your eye, your attention on someone or something. It, the literal word, if you go to Vine's expository dictionary, it means to sit at one's feet, even as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. It means that thing has you consumed. That you, you live for that. You know, I think probably most of us could find different things in our life that we need to deal with because that's got our, that's got our attention. Way over God. God said, you know what? They, they don't hear my words. So... Uh, shall even be as this girdle, which is good for nothing. Uh, that'll preach, but I'll keep going. Go to, go to verse 11. For as the girdle cleaveth to the loins of a man, so have I caused to cleave to unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah, saith the Lord, that they might be unto me for a people and for a name and for a praise and for a glory, but they would not hear. Look at that. Go back to verse 10. 
It says, the evil people which refuse to hear my words. Look at verse 11 there at the end. It says, these people that I wanted to be as a name for me, as a, as a praise, as a glory, they would not hear. Amplified says they would not hear or obey. See, there's a little bit more to hearing God than listening. If when you hear God, then you're actually doing what he said. Remember James? Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. When you hear God, it's like my boys. When they hear me, they're doing what I said. They're not acknowledging what I said. They're doing it. Hello, somebody. What, what we got to do is begin, okay, get rid of the static. What's the static? The static is the, is the absence of movement, action, or growth. We should, we sh- we're not to be a static believer. We're supposed to be doing what God said. Well, why would we be doing what God said? Because doing what God said is what connects you to the blessing God desires to produce in you. God wants to bless you. Look at somebody, look them right in the eyeball and say, God wants to bless you. You realize God wants to bless you. Some of you guys say that like it's a question. God, want, God, God wants to bless you. I'm only telling you because Tom's making me. I normally wouldn't say something like this to you. God wants you blessed. The word blessed means position to win or succeed in any given situation. A lot of times we're thinking, well, he's just talking about financial prosperity. Give me a massive break. If you, some of us, if we got a truckload of financial prosperity, it wouldn't be a blessing. It would be a curse. Because if you haven't developed the character to handle an increase of finances, all you're going to do with more money is get in more trouble. If you ain't smart enough to do what God said to do with 10 bucks, you're going to have a real issue with 10 million. Yeah, you, well, you guys just want our money. Give me a, you know, that's so foolish. We're, we're in the middle of a building fund pledge, right? The match. Every dollar we give is being matched up to $100,000. And we, we, we got people uh, and, uh, and the, that are kind of under the impression that all, all, we're de- all we're thinking about right now is money. Are you kidding? Can I just share something with you? $100,000, the $200,000 that will be raised at, at the end of the match, which is coming up at the end of this month. The $200,000 that we're raising is not nearly enough to do what God's calling us to do. $200,000 ain't going to do it. So it ain't about the money. You want me to just tell you what it's about? It's a great opportunity for us to use as a measuring stick to see if people are willing to do what God's called us to do. If God said, bring in $100,000 and, we're gonna, we're, and you'll see it matched, if we can't do that, then we don't need to be going out there, you know, pouring foundations, building buildings. We ain't ready. Right? But I don't know if God wants me to participate in that yet or not. I'm still praying. Fool. If he calls me a fool one more time, I'm not coming back. <laughs> Later, fool. I got a motto. I got a motto. Grow or go. Right? We just going to grow. Well, how do I know if it's God? When is the last time the devil told you to give something to the building fund? That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, that's that just stupid. Well, it might just be me. I don't want to move in the flesh. When was the last time you thought you'd take what you had and give it to something that wasn't for you? Well, now that we've determined it's not Satan and it's not you, who's left? <laughs> well, don't. Oh, man, I, I love you. I love you too much to let you remain static. 
We're supposed to hear God. Look at Revelation 3.20. Here's one that we all know. I, I grew up in the church. I remember the big wooden pulpit. I can see preachers that I've known my whole life standing at the pulpit, knocking on that wood. Boom, boom, boom. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me. And they use that passage. I, I've used it myself to reach the lost. The great tool to, for reaching the lost. Problem is it wasn't written to the lost. It was written to a church. Okay, so something that we might want to take a look at here. Behold, that word means stop, focus, and see this correctly. Can't you just picture God kind of getting in your face right now? Stop! (laughs) Hold on there, Junior. Focus. See this right. I'm God. I'm at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll fellowship. We'll have a partnership. See, we're so, we think that the problem with hearing God is with our ears. No, the problem with hearing God is with our fears. Because see, when you hear his voice, that ain't the end of it. And open the door. God's plan requires your participation. God's plan for my life requires my participation. Well, God's going to bless me. What, what does that mean to you? That he's going to like, while you're sleeping, he's going to run out in the front lawn and, and, and hide hidden treasure under the grass. There'll be a little lump in the lawn. You go out in the morning, you open it up and hey, and, and there'll be a, be a rainbow and it comes down and it stops right there on your bucket of gold. No, God's going to position you to win by speaking into your life and you are going to open the door and allow his participation in whatever you're doing. If you'll open the door, God will get involved in your marriage. How do I open the door? You do what he said. You realize if you just did what God said, your marriage wouldn't be in trouble. Do you realize in your finances, if you just do what God said, you wouldn't have that financial stress. You realize in your health, if you just do what he said, you, that, that wouldn't be an issue. You realize if we just did what he said, he'll be just what he promised, and we'd be walking around kicking devil booty every day. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. His plan is to bless you. It's because John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he sent his son. He gave his son. Why? To reconnect you with the end that he declared at the beginning. God declared the end at the beginning. Somewhere in the middle, we've we've gotten off track. David said, thy word have I put in my heart so I won't wander off the trail. His word is going to reconnect you to the end that he created you for. Have you ever messed with navigation? The GPS in the car? I love that stuff. It's crazy. You don't know where you're going. You type in the address. It tells you how to get there. I love to to tell it to take me home. Obviously, I already know where I live. But I'll leave here and it'll say, turn left. So I'll go right. I don't know. It's just part of who I am. Screen flicks around and it's just right down the bottom, recalculating. And then it'll say, in one quarter of a mile, turn right. So I'll go up and I'll turn left. I'll drive over the bridge into Pasco. That's not where I live. 
the thing's recalculating. You turn as quickly as possible. You turn as quickly. You realize that after a while, it, I've done this. After a while, it'll stop talking. It just shuts up. The lady just, she stops. Eh, I'm done talking to you until you get back on track and look like you're at least trying to go to where you said you were going. I think that's how God is with some of us. You know what's awesome is that even when we make the wrong turn, he recalculates to get us back on track, to get us reconnected to the end that he declared at the beginning. But there might be times that I haven't heard God in a long time. It's because he's tired of telling you, watching you go the other way. Trust me, if the navigation system in my car won't talk forever, neither will he. He'll stop and wait until you're ready to get back on track. When you at least look like you're going where you said you were. Hello? God wants you blessed. He wants to direct your steps. He wants to get you there. Hearing goes beyond listening, don't it? It actually causes us to begin to do what he said. Somebody say amen. You know, what I need you to understand is that the only thing that can separate you, well, let, let me put it this way. There's only one thing that separates you from the production of God's promise in your life. Only one thing right now that separates you from the production of God's promise in your life. You know what it is? Time. God said, my word will not return in me void without accomplishing what I sent it forth to accomplish. There's only one thing, time. And see, either time's going to cause you to collapse or you're going to use the anointing to collapse time. One of two things is going to happen. You're either going to do what God said all the way to the end, or you're going to cave in, give up, and quit in the middle. See, when you know what the end is, you're not so apt to quit in the middle. But if you know what the end is, you press through to the end, and you just stay on track until the end, so that at the end, what God said is produced in your life. And if you haven't seen it produced yet, all that means is you ain't at the end yet. So if you ain't at the end yet, what should you do? keep going, right? But, but what we do is we act like, well, maybe God don't want to bless me. We let the enemy rip from our grip the reality that God's plan is to bless me. Look at Psalms 115. It says, the Lord has been mindful of us. Verse 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. Make it personal. The Lord has been mindful of me. He will bless me. The Lord has been mindful of you. He will bless you. He will position you to win or succeed. We ain't talking about you getting a bigger house or a nicer car. That's the result of the blessing. And you, you, know, you only use the blessing to do that if that's what God said. But here's the reality is God will bless you. He has already got it planned. Look, look at the next verse. It says in verse 13, he will bless those who reverently and worshipfully fear the Lord, both small and great. Well, God's good to those people and he's good to these, but he's good. You know, you, you don't understand where I've been and the mistakes I've made. It don't make any difference where you're coming from. Small, great, big, little, tall, short. God's going to bless you. He will bless you. You got to get this reality. You know what? A lot of us are trying to build a relationship with God. What you need is a revelationship with God. You need a revelationship with this. You need to wake up in the morning before your feet hit the floor. You need to tell yourself, God's going to bless me today. 
Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. The fact that you're going through stuff? Let's go back to, you know, in our mind, go back to Matthew. The wise, the wise man, he hears and does. And then comes the rain, then comes the wind, then comes the flood. But his house don't fall because it's built on the rock. The, the foolish guy, he hears and he don't. And then, then comes the wind, then comes, you know, that stuff's coming. One of the promises in God's word is in this world, there shall be tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome it. So if you're in Christ, you're a world overcomer. The fact that you've got challenges, trials, tests, all that means is that you're still inhaling and exhaling. It's happening to everybody, right? So, matter of fact, victory without a battle is worthless. So, the fact that you've got an issue, all that means is that you have the right to demonstrate Satan's defeat in that area, right? Everybody wants great victory, but then, on the other hand, we all want little teeny-weeny battle. You can't get great victory with teeny battle. You got a teeny battle, you get a teeny victory. Well, that's what I want. <laughs> I just want me some really tiny, tiny victory. <laughs> well, God's plan for you is bigger than that, right? He'll bless you both small and great. Look at verse 14. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. It's not just about you. It's going to go way beyond you. Amen. I got to walk in the blessing of God so my children can walk in the blessing of God. See, the Lord has been mindful of you. He will bless you. Now, there's something that we need to understand, and that is biblical foundation for blessing. You know, there's a thing called the law of first mention or the rule of the first time. How do I, how do I find out how does God bless people? How does he bless people? How does he do it? What, oh, he gives some of them more cash than others. He gives some people greater friends. No, no, no. That's not how God blesses people. How does, according to the Bible, how does God bless people? Do you realize, you realize, don't you, that God wants to bless you, right? When you get up in the morning, the first thing you're going to say is, God's going to bless me today. Before you go to bed tonight, you're going to say, God's going to bless me, even in my sleep, according to Psalms. It says that in my sleep, that God blesses me. God is going to position me to win and succeed. How's he going to do that? How does God bless people? What's the law of first mention? Genesis 1, verse 28. Check it out. Adam and Eve get put in the garden, and God blessed them and said. That word and is put in the middle of there because it ties what happens after to what was occurring before. So God blessed them. How did he bless them? Through his word. God said, be fruitful. They couldn't be fruitful until God said, be fruitful. See, I can do what this says I can do. That's not just a cute little thing that we say at the beginning of the service because Joel Osteen said it. My dad was doing that long before Joel Osteen was born. You know, I am what this says I am. Why? Because what this says is what empowers me to do that. How is God going to bless you? With his word. His word is going to position you to want to succeed in any given situation. Hello? Would you like to win in your marriage? Then you better find out what he said in his word about your marriage. You want to win in your home? Then you find out what he said about your home. Isaiah 32, 18. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. That's what God said. That's a picture of the end that God declared over my house. So I, I'm going to have peace in my house. Why? Because God said it. How am I going to get there? By doing exactly what he said. I'm not just going to hear God and say, amen, write some notes, go home and say, that was interesting. No, I've got to start doing what he said. Well, come on, somebody. 
God's word, God's word. That's why David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. God's word is going to turn the light on. So I know when to turn left, when to turn right. Isaiah said, you'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the left or the right. That's not an angel on assignment. That's a word that you put in your, in your spirit yesterday that's going to make great sense tomorrow. God's word directing my steps. God's word is going to position you to win or succeed. If you do what God said, you're going to win. Well, I want to try it my way. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are really messed up. God's trying to connect you to the blessing. How's he going to do it? Through his word. So there's just five things I want to give you very fast this morning. Five things about God's word that will help you understand when God's speaking. When God's speaking to you, you know, personally, I like to go to the Bible to get my word of God. Okay? So some people, you know, they, they, they like the prophecy that comes in. Matter of fact, at, at man camp this year, you, uh, you know, we've got uh, Rutkins McKinley coming in. He he's, flows in a prophetic ministry. You guys, he's just going to blow your mind. Uh, some guys really into that. It, I've had hundreds and hundreds of prophecies given to me about my life. If every one of them were true, I'd right now be in 13 different countries doing 172 different things. Okay, I, I really prefer the written word of God. I don't need somebody to call me out of the congregation, tell me what my name is. I haven't forgotten my name yet. Some people are really into that. They, that really strikes a chord in them. You know, when, when they wake up in the middle of the night and there's an angel at the end of their bed, they like that stuff. I like to sleep through the night. Okay. Well, don't you believe in that? Yeah, some people really need it. Some people need angels doing the river dance in the parking lot so that, oh, that was God. I just choose to believe what he said in the book, okay? And then, it, 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 trust me, I've had the prophetic thing. I've had the crazy stuff. 23 years ago, 24 years ago, in Hereford, Texas, you know where Hereford, Texas is, right? It's where the Cowgirl Hall of Fame's at. You've all been there, right? If you haven't been there, next time you're going through Hereford, be sure to swing by. It's huge. It's massive. You know, very impressive. And uh, Shelby and I were walking through the Cowgirl Hall of Fame, Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, uh, and, and the curator, uh, and guys, really, I, I make fun of it. It's really, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. It's the Cowgirl Hall of Fame. Dang it. Spurs and chaps and everything. They got it all. And we're, walk, <laughs> we're, we're walking through the Cowgirl Hall of Fame. The curator's following us around. Making me nervous. Finally, she pulls me off to the side. She goes, uh, I don't know if you believe in this sort of thing or not, but uh, her, her eyes look like the headlights on a 67 Volkswagen Beetle. They're just huge, and she's shaking and sweating, and she's like, uh, I don't know if you, if you, you know, I, I just don't know if you believe in stuff like this or not, but I feel like God told me to say something to you. She kept stammering around me in my own loving, caring way. I said, would you hurry up and say it? And she began to give us a prophetic word that it was like 20 years before it made any sense. You know, just take that prophetic word and put it back on the shelf and leave it alone and pray. And, and one day, if it's God, it'll come to pass. Amen? I, I don't know how spooky you got to get. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm not attempting to belittle the prophetic or, or, the, or the miraculous, the signs and wonders. I'm just telling you, if you don't believe what God wrote to you in his letter, I doubt if it's what he says to you in person is going to make a big difference either. 
But how do I know if it's God? Okay, number one, it'll always counterdict human reasoning. Doesn't the Bible say my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, for my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my ways are... Is that Bible? So it don't make sense half the time when God starts talking to you. Don't believe me? Read the book. Judges chapter 6, chapter 7. You read about the story about Gideon. God calls Gideon and says, you're going to go out and you're going to lead these people into victory and you're going to deliver these people. And Gideon's like, sure I am. Let's put the army together. He comes up with 32,000 people. 32,000 men. Sounds like a lot until you see who they're fighting. At 32,000 men, the odds are so stacked against Gideon, he is in deep yogurt. Okay? So they start praying. Start praying. You know, that's kind of what you do when you're in trouble, right? He started praying. God starts talking. God says, you got too many. Gideon says, I'm never praying again. <laughs> Look at chapter 7, verse 2. Look what God said. The Lord said unto him, the people that are with you are too many for me. What? What are you talking about, God? I need more men. God says, you got too many. You know why? If you take 32,000 and go win, they're going to say it's because of them. Look, look at it. That's it. My own hand hath saved me. You know, the Bible says that if you abide in me and my word abides and you ask whatever you will, it shall be done unto you. In the Greek, that is so strong. It says that if you ask for something that doesn't exist, God will create it for you. So a salesman in the middle of economy disaster crisis is praying, saying, God, send me customers. The customers don't exist. But because he's in the word of God, all of a sudden what he asked for is created for him. God creates a buyer to come into a market where there was no buyer and he buys what nobody wants. And then that salesman goes home and says, you should see what kind of salesman I was today. That wasn't you, Sparky. How many times have we done that to God? God's dealing with Gideon. He says, look, you got too many. We're going to tell everybody that's afraid to go home. He marches out there. If you're afraid, I want you to go home. Two-thirds of the army walks off. That is the last time I obey God. Gideon's like, are you kidding me? We need a draft. And God says, no, we need a test. Have them drink water. The ones that lap like a dog, send them home too. By the time we're done, Gideon's got 300 men. Dude, obedience, according to King James, sucketh. This ain't getting better. This is getting worse. How many times have you seen this in areas of your own life and immediately lost your faith in God? Be real careful now. I'll just keep looking straight forward. Because you know some of you have come to talk to me as if, God forgot you in the middle of your storm. No, God's setting you up. God's setting you up, man. It don't make sense to do what God says. Human reasoning does not grasp what God says. God tells him, you know what? Let's make it really interesting. Go in with trumpets and jars. Huh? Trumpets and jars... I know Gideon's thinking to himself, trumpet in one hand, jar in the other. Where's my sword? You ain't got no sword. 
you got a trumpet and a jar. The jar was covering up a lamp. So we're going to sneak in, and at the right moment, we're going to blow the trumpet, break the jar. We're going to be real quiet and sneak in, and they got a jar covering a lamp. You know the story? Gideon wins. Well, that was just that one time. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 20. The odds against Jehoshaphat, according to scholars, are 10,000 to 1. They greatly feared. They began to pray. That's what you do when you greatly fear. You begin to pray. They prayed. God answers their prayer. God speaks to them. Tells them what to do. Send the singers out first. Everybody in the infantry said that was God. Everybody in the choir said, I'm hoarse. Singers go out and sing. You know the story. It confused the enemy. The enemy kills each other off. One or two things happen there. Either that was the worst worship team on the face of the planet or God showed up. Well, okay, so that's just two stories. That, 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 that's two. Okay, God tells the, the three Hebrew children, don't bend and you won't burn. They go into a fiery furnace heated up seven times hotter. Okay, so you got lucky, you got three. Okay, David, you're going to go out and you're going to kill a giant with a rock. How many, how, many, how many times do we have to hear it? When God speaks, it don't make sense. When God spoke to us to start the garden, you're going to leave your job, you, you, you know, you're going to leave your income. I was traveling evangelistically across the country, and I got to tell you something, it made, uh, we made pretty good money. And God says, you're going to start a church with these people, you got 25 people, you're meeting in the basement, and, and uh, what am I going to do for money? God said, what have you ever done for money? You just trust me. And I'm like, that don't make any sense. He says, okay, don't take any money from the church for the next six months. No income, bro. Shelby was running a daycare. So I got really smart one day. I said, get more kids. You know what God said? Shut down the daycare. Dang it. It don't make sense. Shut down the daycare. I got to tell you something. God positioned us to win and succeed every day of our journey. We, you know, and, and you know why that was so easy to do at that point? Because it wasn't the first time he'd ever told us to do that kind of stuff. When God speaks to you, it will not make sense in alignment with human reasoning. Number two, it'll demand great courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness to act anyways. God's going to demand courage from you. You're going to demonstrate fear. You're going to demonstrate it's, it's, it's defeat. You're going to rise up and do what you were afraid to do. Why? Because God said to. It's going to demand courage. Number three, it is going to increase faith. Faith is not believing regardless of the circumstance. It is obeying regardless of the consequence. The more word you got, the greater faith you got. People ain't got no faith, they ain't got no word. If the only word you had deposited into the fertile soil of your heart is Jesus wept, you're in trouble. Because something's going to come. It, the wind's going to blow. The rain's going to fall. The floods are going to rage. And we're going to find out if you got word or not. you got to have God's word. How's God going to bless you? Through his word. So one, it's going to be contradictory to the reasoning of mankind. Two, it's going to demand uh, uh, courage. Three, it's going to increase your faith. Four, it's going to always line up with the written word of God. God ain't ever going to contradict himself. You get somebody that comes and prophesies to you and they tell you something and it doesn't line up with the word of God, that is not God. 
God does not counterdict his word. That's why I really prefer the written word. I'd rather, well, I've got problems and, and I can't find it in there. Keep reading. It's there. God's solution to your problems right there in that book. I prefer the written word. Thank you. Okay? God will never counterdict himself. Anything that counterdicts the word of God is not faith. It's actually fear. And it'll get you off track. And number five, when God speaks to you, it'll produce an unexplainable peace. Don't know why we ain't scared, but we got peace. Don't know why it feels the way it does. Don't look like it. It it don't look. Okay, here. Isaiah 54, what, verse 13. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. How many of you know that there's a day when that don't feel right, look right, smell right, taste right, but in the middle of their storm? I don't have to get up and talk about what they're doing wrong. I don't have to stand up and talk about the choices that they're making. And they're living like they're a bunch of fools. No, my, all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. And at the end of the day, they're going to be walking with God. They're going to have a relationship with God. They're not going to be church attenders. They're going to be people, men of God with a heart for God, that have an understanding of the reality of God and the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat as they live and walk with God. That is the life of my children. Hello? Why? Well, because that's what God's word says. God said that he will supply all my need according to his riches and glory. God said that if I give, it'll be given back to me. Good measure, shaken together, pressed down, running over. Uh, guess what? You do what you got to do. I got to do what I got to do. I got to do what God's word says. Well, if I do that, they're going to repo the car. Let them do what they got to do. You do what you got to do. Okay? They're, they're going to come take everything we own. Obviously, you don't own it. Right? Come on, in other words, you live in a fantasy. You got stuff that ain't yours, and you owe people that you don't know, and you promise them money that you ain't got. It ain't your stuff. You start doing what God said. You want to walk yourself out of that mess? See, I don't care if we get 10,000 members. Uh, what I care about is that we got a, you know, a bunch of us that know how to walk out this work. That when we get up in the morning, hell goes, we got trouble. Because there's somebody here who knows how to use that word. We're going to walk in victory. Okay? When God starts speaking to you, it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense to pray that God bless people who are obviously out to hurt you. But that's what God's word says to do. Now, the fact that, that you cannot act like you didn't know that's what he said, you know that's what he said. But if you ain't doing it, it's because you're a fool. Not because you're not educated, it's because you're a fool. What do you mean I'm a fool? Because God told you to do that so it would position you to win and succeed even in the situation where that guy's trying to take you out. He, well, he said bad things to me, and I got a right. You have a right to be a fool, but you also have a right to be positioned to win or succeed. If you go down the road that you picked out, you're going to lose. If you go down the road that God carved out, you're going to win. No matter what you do on your road, I don't care what it looks like, you will not sustain victory. But no matter what it looks like on God's road, you can't miss victory. You're either going to do what God said or what you want, but the end result's going to be determined by whether you did what God said or not. Hello? 
I mean, we can, we can all go around and act like God didn't tell us to, you know, how to live in every situation. But yes, he did. Yes, he did. We know it. Can I just share this with you? I know I'm, I'm over time already, so I got to close. Here's the deal. I got some really cool stuff to tell you. I wouldn't miss next week. But let me just tell you this. Devil tries to tell you that you can't hear God. Bull honky. You hear God. I said, you hear God. You have ears to hear. God is speaking to your life. You know that the last time you went down and did the thing that you knew you weren't supposed to do, you knew you weren't supposed to do it before you did it. And in the middle of it, you could hear God saying, what are you doing? I know you hear God. You got to know you hear God. You hear God? Pastor Tom, I just don't think I really hear God. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Take the floaties off. Head to the deeper end of the pool. Okay? You hear God. You know what he said. It's just scary to do it. Scary to do it. Anybody, anybody that hears these sayings of mine and does them, anybody, in other words, anybody can hear God. Anybody can hear God. God's not trying to, to be so quiet you can't hear him. God is trying. You know, actually, the way I see it, God's up in your face screaming right now. My way will position you to win. Do what I'm asking you to do. Open your heart to my word. Open your eyes. Let me shine the light of understanding. Let me enlighten you. Let me position you to win. Here's the word. Then you listen to other voices. Well, you know, if you live for God, you're going to be some kind of a fanatic. No, you're going to be some kind of a winner. Well, all, all, my, all my friends, they, they, they won't like me anymore. All your friends will suddenly be drawn to you with a new passion because for some reason, you just win. You know how to walk through the junk of life and come out smelling like a rose. Guys, I got to tell you something. It don't make any difference what happens. You know, there's stuff going on. Uh, you know, someday, I guess, uh, we should probably give... Full disclosure, but uh, 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 maybe not today. But uh, there's there's stuff going on, and, and uh, always there's always chaos. There's always turbulence. There's always trial. There's always test. Can I just tell you something? At the end of the day, we will be blessed more than we were at the beginning of the day. Why? Because that's what God promised. As we walk this thing out with God, you know, I got to tell you something. And you know, in a few months, where are we going to be? What building are we going to be in? Where are we going to be? We don't know. Frankly, Scarlet, that ain't our problem. Wait a minute, that's got to be your problem. No, it ain't. That's his problem. You know what my problem is? Just doing what he said. Just hearing God say it. Because if I told you, you know what you'd say? If I told you what God was telling me, you'd say, well, that don't make no sense. That's how I know it's God. That's kind of scary, ain't it? Yep, that's why we need courage. Have you got a word on that? Yep. The Lord has been mindful of thee. He will bless you. Small, great. He's going to bless you. He's going to increase you more and more, you and your children. 
God's going to bless us. He's going to increase us. Hello? You just got to obey God. You're hearing God. You got to obey God. Will you do me a favor? Will you close your book, bow your head? Let me pray for you. You hear today and say, you know what, Pastor Tom? I'm separated from God. I know I am. I know there's knocking at the door. I hear his voice. I need to open the door. Are you here today? In just a minute, we're all going to pray a prayer together. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Will you say, Pastor, include me in this prayer? Just by lifting your hand up real quick. Say, that's me. I know I need God. 